0: And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Oh, hot damn, I am excited today. Um, This is episode 51 of The Drop Set. Thank you for joining me today. It's Friday. It's May 11th, 2018. Why am I excited? Well, it's because at long last, I have, well, a, a couple reasons. I have cleared a significant technological hurdle so I, I mentioned last time and it's been kind of an ongoing issue that uh I've been wanting to do interviews but god just trying to get decent quality interviews recorded for a podcast is hard uh, it's a lot harder than you might think and I've said like man I really need a producer that's what I need more than anything else. I need somebody else to take care of all of the technical crap and nonsense so I can just focus on the content of the show but alas um i I do not have a producer. I do, and it's me. So, unfortunately, I'm not much of a producer. So, it took a lot of doing. Um, I went through, you know, trying to use a lot of apps, a lot of services. Um, You know, there are services that can record phone calls, but the problem is, both participants sound like they're on the phone and I want it to sound just like it does right now and I would love it if the other person sounded like they were in the same room with me and there are um, there are ways to do that um, they're typically either very expensive or they're kind of quirky with how they work and I could not make any of them work correctly so I gave up that up and went with another option and uh, required buying some hardware some cables some adapters and then figuring out how to put it all together it was a massive pain in the butt but i figured it out and i had that interview yesterday recorded it and you'll be hearing it here later today very very cool stuff um keep in mind interviewing is a skill and I don't necessarily claim to be a great interviewer so I did my best and hopefully you guys get a lot of that um, the interview is with uh, Dean Kazora who is a former client of mine really cool guy I've actually met him in person which is rare with most of my clients because uh, you know I, I'm I'm an online coach, and I don't have a lot of people who are local to me, and he isn't, Um, but he was making a trip at some point last year. I'm trying to remember when it was. It was later in the year because I remember it being cold as hell, Um, but he was going from up in the Chicago area, and he was driving down to Florida. And passed through through my neck of the woods and made a stop out of it, so we hit a workout together um, early in the morning. So so I actually had a chance to meet him before. Uh, We had a great time, good workout, and kind of set the stage for this. So I knew there were a lot of things that we wanted to talk about. He has a really, really fascinating story, and I think that you will... You know, I always think it's interesting because we just kind of shoot the breeze for a little while. I always think it's it's interesting to, to hear these conversations with other bodybuilders, even though I have them all the time with people, and oftentimes I could care less because most of the people I'm having them with are people like, Oh yeah, I used to go to the gym uh, or hey, I've done a step class before or do you do any of that dieting stuff? These are most of the conversations that I have. So when I actually get get to sit down and talk with a bodybuilder and kind of go through their routine and, you know, let you hear what it's about, and then, you know, you can kind of see, you know, how other people approach this as well. because um, I know uh, A lot of you out there, you probably have friends, gym partners, et cetera, that you you have these conversations with. But it's good to hear outside perspectives, I think. And then Dean's personal story is absolutely fascinating. Um, Went through a very dark time in his life and worked through it and is now, you know, living the dream, so to speak. So we really dig into the details on his story. It's awesome. I think you're going to really enjoy that. So that is the one primary segment. We've got the typical pet peeve, music of the week, all that stuff, which seems kind of trivial by comparison, but um, we'll tackle that first um, and uh, then get into the uh, get deep into the weeds with Dean. Okay, let's talk polls. Um, so you know there there is a tendency whenever whenever somebody does something and the result is underwhelming to you know lie about it or kind of sweep it under the rug or exaggerate a little bit, maybe, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be totally straight with you here. Um, last week's poll, and i let me take the blame for this, okay, It was a bad question. It was stupid, and apparently nobody cared enough to go vote. How many people voted? I had drum roll, please, five. Damn, people vote on this question. That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to the point where I just as soon skip these results altogether. But I said I was going to cover it, so we're going to cover it. The question was Someone in your gym is notorious for leaving weights racked on machines and bars. Do you give them a death stare until they look your way, then smile and wave? That got 60% of the votes, which do the math three people picked that. Okay. One person said they'd actually approach them and say, clean it up. The other person said it was probably them doing it. So five people. That is Friggin' embarrassing. So we have a better question this week. I'm gonna try and do a better job of driving people because I really want to know this. This is actually a good one. Um, this is um based on uh, a post that I made this morning. I did a very rare supplement shout out on Instagram this morning. I'm just talking about the the BCAA product that I use. Um and. You know, one of the things that I I led that post with is if you listen to me much at all, if you follow me, you know that I think most supplements are just garbage. And they are. BCAAs, though, they are kind of like a habit, a routine for a lot of bodybuilders. You know, they've been a staple for so long that suddenly it's like if you're not taking them, it feels like you're doing something wrong. Well, there was research from last year in 2017 that said BCAAs may have, let me see if I can pull up the. uh, the exact quote from the study here: um, BCAAs alone cannot support an increased rate of muscle protein synthesis. Basically, the, what the the outcome of these um, of this study said was that. Uh, BCAAs for bodybuilders, fairly worthless for endurance may have some positive impact. So, um, that's really caused a lot of people to rethink what they do regarding their BCAA habits. For me, um, right now, because I'm doing intermittent fasting, I still get a lot of value from it. And there was a question um, posed as a comment on that post saying, Hey, don't BCAAs break the fast. And I have, I have wavered back and forth on this. So, um, it, it it depends. I mean, if you look at any label for a BCAA product, they say there's zero calories. I used to subscribe to the theory that if something said it had 10 grams of BCAAs, we we're going to treat that as 10 grams of protein as far as your macronutrients are concerned. I don't think there's necessarily a clear-cut answer for that. I mean, that that is not to say that you can't find a clear-cut answer, but you're going to get a lot of clear-cut opinions if you go and research that. So, Yeah. I I can tell you that it doesn't break my fast in the sense that I am still a starving, hangry animal in the morning, even after I down a bunch of BCAAs in water. So it doesn't help me there. I I think, and, and one of the things that I said is, you know, it's not a medical fast per se. You know, I think... Intermittent fasting has less to do with, you know, not having your body digest or process calories than it does concentrating your intake into a more confined range. And so, in that sense, no, I don't think it breaks your fast. Now, I would not go like downing six scoops of this stuff during your during your fasting window, because at that point I think it becomes counterproductive. But I think overall you can get away with it. So the question that I'm asking here in this is Um, Research from 2017 indicates that BCAAs may have no significant impact in building muscle. Will that impact how you use them? Or has it impacted how you use them? Um, and uh, the the options are: yes, I am less likely to use them now with that information. Another option: no, I will continue using them. And the uh, the third option, which uh, I think is going to get some votes: no, I already wasn't using them. I know there are a lot of people that uh, that are not fans of BCA. So I am curious to hear your um, your take on that. So um, while you're listening to this, you know you're, you're listening on you know your podcast app, you're on iTunes, whatever you're doing cardio. A, just pull up your web browser real quick, type in 5starphysique.com, star with two R's. It should autocomplete because you go there all the time, so it knows that you like that site. So it should auto-complete it for you, right? Right? Um, and then while you're there, bookmark it, however the hell that works on your phone, I don't know. Um, and then just scroll down just a little bit, and you'll see the question there, and the answers. Go ahead and pick your answer and vote. Um, and then I will be reminding people throughout the week, we we got to get more than five, uh, I mean that that was just a downright embarrassment. I feel like I let you down with a piss poor question. So hopefully this makes up for it and we'll kind of, you know, we can we can still be friends. So, um, I'm going to kind of keep this segment a little bit briefer. The intro, oftentimes I will ramble and go on for a while. I'm going to keep it a little bit shorter here just because I really want to get to the interview. Um, just a quick update personal life here this week. Um, one, I've, I've started undertaking a new project, which is a new deck out back. Um, and this, I've built a lot of decks before in my life. I've never built one that was 12 feet off the ground before. So, this is going to require some big ass 6x6 six six posts, some 2 foot square footers. Um, thankfully, I don't have to dig down very deep. The front line here in Tennessee is only a foot down so um, not too bad nonetheless it it does pose some interesting challenges we're building around slope terrain so building stairs that come down to the ground level is going to require a lot of a lot of eyeballing a lot of measurements a lot of math some trig and then hopefully it all works out so um stay tuned um you know, d- typically, most of my personal stuff, I post in my Instagram story, so I'll be posting pictures throughout there. I'm not yet ready to order everything. Still got to finish up the design aspect, but that's the big project that's uh, going to be my big summer project, actually. Um, and then band stuff continues. We actually have um, a gig this coming Thursday. Um, it is the, what's that going to be, the 17th of May. Um, we're going to be playing at the Troubadour Roadhouse and Performance Lounge, I believe is the official name of the venue. It's in the Bearden Hill District in Knoxville. So if you're local um, and you are not 80 years old like me and you'll actually be up at 9 o'clock, come see us. We're playing from 9 till probably around 10.30 or so. So it should be good times. It's just the trio, me and our two singers. So um, I'd love to see you there. If you happen to make it, that would be super cool. All right. So that's enough for me. So let's get into it. We've got our regular segments. Let's do some pet peeves. Let's do some music of the week and then we'll get straight into the interview. It's time for the airing of grievances, Pet Peeve of the Week. Please tell me that other people out there have pet peeves of a level of neuroticism and craziness that I do. I'd hate to think it's just me. I mean, I know pet peeves are a common thing. I feel like if I had to, I could just do a 45-minute podcast weekly that was nothing but my pet peeves, Um, which... If that makes you think, Darren, how do you go through your life and just like live like a normal person? That is a great question, and when I get a proper answer for that, I will let you know. But um, this week, it's it's one that I've come across, and you know, as many of my pet peeves do, they uh, they manifest themselves through social media. So. I love it when I check out somebody's profile and they say that they are a trainer or a coach or something like that. And there's no evidence that this person has any clients that they're working with. Everything is just about them and their abs or their booty or whatever. It's like, here's me. This is what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of some of, to, to, to some extent of that as well, just because oftentimes, you know, I mean, I'm working with a lot of clients. A lot of them prefer to keep things private. Uh, that's especially true of a lot of the guys that I work with for for whatever reason. They're just not really active on social media. They're not posting a lot of stuff. I'm not going to reach out to a lot of people and say, hey, do you mind if I post your progress pics here? Just because as a coach, it's not something that I'm super familiar with doing unless it's something like, oh my God, this is exceptional. People have got to see this. You've got to share this. So uh, I'll, I'll make that case occasionally, but more often than not, the stuff that I share um, are, are things that you know clients have already worked up and sent me. Like, hey, I put together these comparison pics. What do you think? I'm like, that's awesome. Mind if I share that? Or I share something that they've already posted publicly. Um, but you know, it, it, there there's there's a lot of work that goes into that, and I understand that. And I've had times where I go through and I will, you know. Put together some before and after collages, and then stamp it with my logo, and then that usually finds its way. You know, I'll post it out on Instagram. I'll upload it to. I have a Transformations board on Pinterest. I'll usually throw those up on my website as well. So if I do one of those, I have several places where I can put it. But it certainly doesn't make up the bulk of my feed. If you look at what I posted earlier this week already, I do have a couple that I uh, I posted just because you know they just happened to come in from clients, or there were things that could easily be put together. So um, just because they're showing you know, really tremendous progress, and I'm I'm proud of these people and the work that they're putting in. I want to give them props. But um, when somebody on their account, you know, like I am a a contest prep coach or I'm a personal trainer and this is just about me and it's selfie, 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 not really offering even any guidance, like no proof that they are a coach or that they have any coaching credentials or that they know anything. Um, Now, converse to that are the people whose posts read like a textbook. Like like a a, a two hundred level kinesiology class textbook. I'm like nobody gives a shit about any of this stuff. Nobody reads this crap, and people that do. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm sure people do, but I'm not. I'm I'm kind of an egghead when it comes to this stuff. But I can only get so deep into the weeds before I just stop caring. It's like let let's talk about how this applies practically not so much, you know, get into, you know, how much internal external rotation is really allowable or optimal for this particular movement at this part of the range of motion. I'm like, come on now. It doesn't really matter all that much. Just look at it. Does it look good? Yes. So anyway, uh, I I guess basically that this is not so much a pet peeve. This is just Darren criticizes other people on social media, which (laughs) I realize has got to be a really compelling segment to listen to. But hey, on the plus side, I kept it relatively short. It's like three minutes. So um, I'm going to just put the stop on it right there. Get ready to rock. It's Music of the Week. It's a recurring theme. So um, last week, you know, our our musical playlist of the week was uh, a tribute to Chris Cornell, if you will. Um, This week, I put together another artist-specific playlist. This is one of my favorite groups. They are a power trio that hails from the UK. They are a modern Power trio that hails from the UK, so you can start to think, okay, who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? Um, it, it is made up of uh, Dominic Howard, Chris Wolstenholme, which has like one of the most mouthfuls of a name you could ever possibly imagine, and Mr. Matt Bellamy. I'm talking about Muse. Um, I love this band. I've loved this band for years and years, and every time they put out something new. They redefine their sound a little bit. I'm like, I like the direction they're going here. For whatever reason, whatever they're doing just jives with me. I really dig it. I really do. Um, So going back to... Some of their absolute earliest stuff, like um, Showbiz, Origin of Symmetry. You know, clearly they were a little bit more, uh, they didn't have the songwriting maturity or they were a little overly ambitious. Like some of those songs are like, what is going on here? My goodness, like this is really artsy fartsy stuff. Um, but they've got some solid tracks, even in those very early offerings. are a very young band. Um, and Bellamy also I mean he's, he's the singer he's the guitarist he's the pianist he is the chief songwriter um, the dude is just a freaking musical genius he is absolutely brilliant and for any musicians out there who are you know if if you are I hate to, to use this term derogatively but okay we'll go with it if you're like a classical snob like you're like I like classical music cool well, Muse is a band that might touch a nerve for you because Bellamy is a classically trained pianist, and he brings a lot of those stylings and sensibilities into his songwriting. And so, you know, you listen to a song like Psycho, um, which is on this playlist. It's from Drones, which was, what, 2016, I think. Um and you're like, okay, this is this is a rock song through and through. But listen to like some of the the leading tones and the chord progressions. Um, something like Reapers has a very neoclassical progression to it. Um, I mean. And some of the earlier songs in particular, I mean, he actually has some breakdowns of some classical um, piano flair as well. Um, You know, uh, United States of Eurasia, which is not on this playlist. It's a little too low-key in in spots to really be appropriate here. Um, But it actually, he he repurposes a classical piece as the outro for that song. And he has piano interludes in some of his earlier work especially um, that are definitely reminiscent of classical works. Um, His guitar play, for a guy who started as a pianist and is such an amazing singer. The fact that he plays guitar so well also and it almost feels when you listen to some of these riffs that he comes up with and the way he solos on it, it he makes it feel like an extension of his body. I mean, the dude is just... Amazing, And to be a, a songwriter the way he is as well and a, a jack of all trades the way he is, it's it's remarkable. So um, I've got songs on this playlist from uh, pretty much all of their albums, I think. You know, Second Law, it opens with Supremacy, which is kind of like a kick to the nuts right out of the gate. Um, Sunburn, which goes all the way back to Showbiz, their first album, um, Resistance, Psycho. Um, a couple of live tracks here. So Supermassive Black Hole, which is the song that non-Muse fans might recognize as being used in one of the Twilight movies very inappropriately i might add it made for one of the most surreal stupid scenes in a movie i've ever seen but um that song was used there i used a live version of that because i just feel it's got a little bit more punch a little bit more pop to it and similarly uprising which if there's one muse tune that people know it's probably uprising i used a live version of that as well just because i like i like the energy of that um probably you know my, two of my favorite tracks um i i really dig hysteria from absolution which has just about the most kick-ass bass line you've ever heard and um, a single that they came out with j- just last year it's not associated with an album um, but dig down is a really really catchy tune I really like that they just have came out with a new one um, recently thought contagion which I heard yesterday and putting this playlist together for the first time I really like that I thought it was a, a you know it's just immediately it's like in your head I like it so what they're, where they're going with their songwriting now is really cool uh, some of these songs from um, second law you know the the arrangements really get elaborate. And so when they came out with drones, their idea was to kind of strip things back down to rock roots and get rid of some of the orchestrations. Um, I, I appreciate that kind of stuff, but I also appreciate, you know, more of a stripped down hey, this is a power trio that doesn't sound like it's 47 people, you know. So anyway, um, the playlist is called For Your Amusement see what I did there? Yeah. Very clever, right? No, I I realize it's not very clever, but, um, and you can find that on Spotify, just like with all my other playlists. Um, it's up there right now for your amusement. Um, Spotify, five-star physique, all one word.
1: Follow Darren on Instagram at Darren underscore star to see client profiles, updated workout plans, and tips and tricks on training and nutrition.
0: All right, my guest today, he has been a uh, client of mine formerly from late 2016 until about a month ago, actually. We're on hiatus right now. He competed in his first show in men's physique in July of 2017, currently working hard, trying to transition into classic physique, and he's here to tell us his story, highs and lows, and how bodybuilding played a part in turning around his life. This is Dean Kazora. Dean, welcome to The Drop Set. It is great to finally, at long last, have you on here.
1: Darren, I appreciate you having me. I really do. It's been long overdue, but I, I'm grateful for the opportunity.
0: Yeah, it has indeed. yes. Yeah. So since we've been we've been on hiatus for about a month, so the first thing I need to do is bust your balls a little bit, and we're going to do a little mini check in here <laughs> on on the call. So tell me how things have been going All on right. for you.
1: Things have been going good, actually. I, uh, I I took a little break. I'm actually going to Arizona in a couple of days, so I kind of kicked everything into high gear and I went through a little cut. So I up the cardio for seven days a week to 30 minutes, uh, dropped my macros a little bit, and just kind of went through a little cut just to reset insulin levels, get myself a little bit leaner for the summer, and put myself in a really good opportunity to grow. So I don't have to go into the summer looking like a fat, a fat person anyway, you know what I mean? I mean, that, that's what bodybuilding's all about, is just trying to look our best year round. So I went through this little cut, and I'm, I'm pretty set up for the summer, at least I think so. Unfortunately, I don't have anyone to back that. I don't have a coach that I'm working with, but uh, you know, I think things are going really well.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, if, if you need a harsh critique, you can send me your current picks, and I'll uh, I'll call you out. <laughs> I,
1: I will. I'll, I'll actually send those once we get off uh, once we get off this
0: podcast. I'm sure you'll be uh, pleased to say the least. But I mean who knows we'll have to see all right we'll put your money where your mouth is we'll see how it goes <laughs> <laughs>
1: absolutely i appreciate it
0: yeah well the cool thing also is being a bodybuilder we kind of become experts in you know at least small scale body fat manipulation so if you're like ooh i'm getting kind of out of control it's really easy to just shift a few variables around and tighten things up assuming you can kind of keep yourself accountable
1: yeah you know as long as as long as you can have a little bit of self control And you can cut things down for a couple weeks. It's really easy to maintain and kind of flip where your body fat's at. You know, maybe you're looking a little bit too thick right now, maybe too fluffy. I mean, that can be. You're talking to me? No, 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 no. In general, I'm sorry. (laughs) I think I (laughs) think think you're talking to me. You were looking pretty lean the other day, but uh, (laughs) and anyone in general, anyone that's a bodybuilder, we can just flip that switch for three or four weeks and just get kind of lean, somewhat lean, at least have some definition in our midsection and just get right back to where we want to go. So we're we're gonna. prime state to grow
0: absolutely i just want to show for the record that dean did call me fat 30 seconds ago so (laughs) you all heard it out there if you
1: go on instagram on that last picture he posted the (laughs) selfie you'll see under there looking lean darren
0: i know i know i I saw that it's all an illusion but i appreciate that Um, yeah you're looking good man but. Thank you. Thank you. So we'll, we'll get into some serious stuff, but I want to talk about some um, you know, more, more um, functional stuff first of all. So um, you were a holdout in my book. Like I was trying to get you on the macro train for a while, and eventually you relented. And you're like, okay, let's ditch the meal plan. Let's do macros. And I know since that transition was made, it's like, oh my goodness, I wish I would have done this a long time ago. Tell me a little bit about your thought process in going through that, how steep the learning curve was there, and then just how sustainable it feels for you overall
1: so i guess switching to macro-based dieting at first i was really timid about it just because you know what i mean when you think bodybuilding you're like oh chicken rice broccoli beef potatoes whey protein and that's about it maybe the oatmeal. allowable so, foods yeah like like the boring stuff that every bodybuilder eats that you see people eating all the time like oh you want to get lean you want to get ripped you want to do a show chicken rice broccoli so i had that idea instilled in my head for a while and uh Actually, as I was going through prep last year, you had me eating these oatmeal squares for my post-workout meal, and I couldn't stand them. So I, I started, you told me during prep a couple times, you said, if you can make something fit or switched out in your macros, do it. So what I would do is I would, uh, I w- I would go to the grocery store, and I would look through the cereal aisle at cereals that were maybe one gram of fat per serving or one or two, and I would, I would find out the exact amount that I could eat where I could switch them out for the oatmeal squares. And I started to really like it. You know, I started to actually like deep in prep when my workouts were just horrible and I hated going to do them. Excuse me. I would just go do my workout and kill it because I was looking forward to that cereal after I was looking forward to those fruity pebbles or whatever it was.
0: Heck yeah, now you're speaking my language.
1: Yeah, like so it got me a little more excited into like, all right, so I don't have to eat oatmeal squares every day. I can eat fruity pebbles. And then after that, I started switching out like my MCT oil and a little bit of my protein for peanut butter because I, I had a sweet tooth. Like I, I'm a fat kid at heart. I, I love my sweets. So during prep, like if I could get half a scoop of peanut butter, it was like heaven. So uh, I started doing that a little bit for prep. And after I got out of prep and after I did my show, we uh, we upped carbs and it was the same stuff I was eating during prep. So what I found was right after that, every time I went out to eat, I would binge eat. You know, I, I would just eat nonstop because I was so restrained from all these different meals and all these good things that I could have in my life that when I got a little bit of it, I just could not stop. Like it was, it was unbelievable. Like I would literally eat all night and then I would get home and then I would eat like peanut butter with chocolate sauce on it and all these different things because I I didn't understand that I could fit that stuff in my macros if I wanted to. And
0: I think one of the big things there also is, you know, if there's stuff that you like, you can't necessarily make yourself not like it um, just by avoiding it. And so then once the floodgates open, then it's like, okay, bring it on. Now we're just going to bring the shovel, and I'm just going to just open my mouth and lean back and take everything in. Oh,
1: you know, I, I never told you, but during some of the cheat meals I had during my prep, oh, here I it would comes. get home and I, gonna would, be good. I, would shovel, oh, I would shovel some of the chocolate sauce into my mouth after a cheat meal because I was just feeling so ashamed of all the ice cream and cake and whatever i ate i would get home and say this is it this is my cap for the night and i would sit back and i would just pour chocolate sauce in my mouth because i was so depleted and i loved this food so much and i didn't know how to fit it into my macros that i would just go crazy so like being able to switch to the macro-based diet you know if i get back from my workout and i try and keep all my sugary stuff after i work out so cereal peanut butter i mean if chocolate sauce if i want it but if i really want some chocolate that day After my workout, I can go grab a chocolate bar, you know, I can grab a pint of Halo Top, fit it into my macros with some chocolate sauce, and I'm still on my diet, you know what I mean? I didn't go off, I didn't take a cheap meal, I didn't take a free meal, like, that fits in with what I'm trying to do. So, like, you have freedom to to eat almost anything that you want, I mean, maybe not McDonald's and all that, but you have freedom... to go out and venture and try different things instead of just eating chicken, broccoli, rice, chicken, broccoli,
0: rice. Totally, because it's, I mean, you know I laugh about it because it is kind of funny, but at the same time, you know, prep is something that very easily can lead to, to eating disorders, and that's not, suddenly it becomes not a very funny thing at all at that point, once you've got a legitimate physiological issue that we've got to deal with.
1: Oh, oh dude, I, I feel like I talk to so many people right now that they get out of prep after having a meal plan and they think they have an eating disorder, and I fall into that category too, until you pushed me into the flexible dieting, until the macro-based dieting came in, I thought that I was like, I developed a, an eating disorder.
0: Mm-hmm. Just and it's just like the restriction. Every time I ate,
1: yeah, there was just no restrictions. Every time I ate, the floodgates were open and it was nonstop.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, it's like I said, you can't make, you know, nothing is going to make me dislike Oreos. There, there's just no <laughs> way to make that happen. Nothing's going to make me dislike Five Guys. And especially since I moved last year, there's one just down the road, like I could practically walk there. Um, yeah. It, it's tricky, but the last time I was cutting on a, a low carb and I actually had low fats at the same time, it took a little bit of uh, macronutrient ninja skills because I, I, I was able to make a very basic Five Guys meals f- uh, fit within that. So. Um,
1: like That was last year, wasn't it?
0: It was, yeah. yeah.
1: You know, I, I actually remember that because you posted about it,
0: and I said, how the hell did you fit that
1: in your macros? <laughs> I said, I would do anything to have a burger and fries right now. And I don't yeah. think you had fries, but I they're, would do anything to have a burger.
0: You, you've, you've got a damn good memory. There were no fries, and it was it was kind of a plain <laughs> burger, like it wasn't the double bacon burger burger like I would typically have there. But, uh, yeah, I had to kind of rate it in a little bit, but still just having that, you know, in an ocean of chicken and veggie meals, I mean, that just... <laughs> It made, <clears throat> made all the difference in the world, absolutely.
1: Having a little burger and a cut, anything, is like a piece of heaven. Honestly. You know,
0: especially if it doesn't count as a cheat meal. If you can work it in and just make it fit within the structure of how things are supposed to be, awesome. Um, yeah, whoever doesn't know about flexible dieting needs to get on the lifestyle because it is beautiful. Yeah, I, I tell people that. and You know, a lot of people, you know, it is something that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. Like, if you don't understand... <clears throat> Numbers and counting and basic math, you're going to have a hard time with it. But at the same time, I think it's worth investing a little bit of time in developing those skills because it really just opens up so much.
1: It does, and especially if you're a sociable person and you like to go out. You know what I mean? You can find meals anywhere you go that are going to fit into your macros. Yeah, you might have a little bit of a learning curve where like you're plus or minus a couple here or there, but like you can go out and you can really fit things into whatever you
0: want. Yeah, as as opposed to having to stay at home and be a hermit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I think is kind of curious, just whenever I talk with somebody who is a competitor or, you know, anybody has some experience in this and has kind of worked this in as part of their routine, I like to know what your routine is. So um, give us like, you know, what does a typical day look like for you as far as your schedule? Like, you know, how you work in lifting, how you work in cardio? Um, Do you have time set aside for meal prep, that kind of stuff?
1: All right. So, I mean, currently I'm a a college student, so I'm going into my senior year. So, I have a little bit of extra free time, and I know that sounds kind of far-fetched being a college student. <laughs> but, I mean, with with all things considered, I don't have many things to do in college. I don't I don't have anything but tests, studying. I don't work while I'm in college right now. So I wake up every day. Uh, if I have cardio, I go do my cardio. You know, I actually have an apartment gym downstairs. So I go down, I jump on the Stairmaster for 20, 30 minutes. From there, I uh, – excuse me one sec –
0: You have a Stairmaster in your apartment, Jim. Thank God. It's beautiful. That's pretty cool.
1: It's beautiful, but uh, there's only one. So if someone's down there, if I don't go early enough, it's taken. But from there, you know, I I come back upstairs to my my apartment. I make breakfast, which is, I mean, it's pretty boring. Usually it's eggs or egg whites, toast, and then a little bit of cheese because I love cheese.
0: Who doesn't? And,
1: uh. I I can't get enough of cheese. I save room (laughs) for my fats every day for cheese. Got to do it. But flexible dieting, man, it's beautiful. That's right. But uh, from there, uh, you know, I go to class. I do a little bit of studying. I bring a meal with me. And I get home probably roughly between 1 or 2. And just because I know the gym's not going to be packed there, and it's not that I don't like people, I just don't like waiting when I go to the gym. I get home. I eat another meal, and I go straight to the gym.
0: Especially if so, you're trying to superset or do anything that's a little bit more uh, elaborate, just having less of a crowd around is really handy.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I avoid going between the hours of 5 and 6 every day just because it's a zoo. Yeah. I went yesterday, and I did that, and uh, <clears throat> I was doing incline uh, flies. <clears throat> Excuse me. My allergies are horrible, but uh, <laughs> I was doing incline flies, and I actually had to sit on a sit-up bench. I had to sit on the ground with my back up against a sit-up bench and do incline flies there because it was so busy.
0: So Whatever it takes to make it work.
1: Exactly. I mean, improvisions across the board, but as long as I can get it done. But, you know, from there, I, I, I go to the gym at 1 or 2, get home between 3 and 4, 5 o'clock if I stop at the store after, I do a little bit of meal prepping so I don't really make my meals for the week. I just cook in bulk so if I'm cooking chicken, throw the chicken in a crock pot, wake up the next morning and it's done and I put it in a big container and I make my meals as I go. And I find by doing that, the chicken doesn't dry out, the rice doesn't dry out, I mean, everything kind of stays fresh.
0: That's pretty much what I do. I I call it protein prep, where that's really the only thing that I do in advance, just like bulk cook up, you know, four pounds of turkey and beef or, you know, a handful of pounds of chicken or whatever, but everything else is kind of like meal by meal.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll do a little bit of rice like in the morning just so I can have it for the day. But other than that, I kind of like to make it meal by meal because if I want, like like we were talking about flexible dieting, if I want to change it, I'm not restricted to that meal.
0: Yeah. So do you find with with the way that you use flexible dieting, do you find that you follow the same thing most days or do you wake up and be like, well, I know that this stuff can work, but I'm going to wing it and just kind of see where the day takes me?
1: Well, you know, when I first started doing it, I, I was winging it just because I had never had that freedom. I think I was on a meal plan for probably about a year at that point. So it was chicken, jasmine rice, broccoli, MCT oil, whey egg whites, oatmeal for about a year.
0: Exciting. So as soon as I got
1: that freedom for the first time, I started winging it every day. You know, I'd wake up and some days I would make a crazy skillet. Some days I'd have waffles and pancakes. And I found from there that at the end of the day, when I wanted something to eat, it was like, all right, well, you've got about 80 grams of protein, one carb and two fats left. What are you going to have?
0: And You're going to have I a mean, big bowl of shit is what you're going to have.
1: Yeah, so I'm basically I'm going to be drinking a big cup of egg whites, we're eating about a pound of chicken and I don't want to do either of that. So I found a little bit of a routine where I do nine days out of 10, I'll do basically the same meals. But if I go out, I have that flexibility. So I'll wake up and I'll have my egg whites and cheese and toast. My pre-workout meal will always be uh nine 90 10 Turkey with Jasmine rice. My post-workout meal is always going to be cereal and milk or cereal, milk, and protein. So I keep it very stable, but I leave the opportunity in there in case like, all right, well, my dad wants to go out to dinner tonight or this, or someone I'm with wants to go get something to eat. Like I have the opportunity to go out and enjoy myself.
0: You've done enough logging. You've done enough tracking. You've got the skill set so that, you know, I mean, things are pretty typical from one day to the next, but you've got the ability to to adapt and, and make it work.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and there's always going to be a margin of error. There's always going to be a couple grams here or there. Yeah, but I'm not in prep for a show, so if I miss on 10 grams of carbs, I'm not going to die.
0: <laughs> that's exactly you know, right. It's not.
1: It's not. It's not going to be. It's not going to be a game changer.
0: Exactly. As long, I always tell people, you know, when it's off season, you're trying to grow. As long as you're within ballpark striking distance of the targets, that's good enough. During prep, it's a different game.
1: Yeah, you know, the way I see it is during the off season, if you're within five to 15, that's okay. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe if you don't digest fats as well, you want to keep those kind of more steady, but it it all really depends on the person.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one of the main reasons that I wanted you on here is because I, I know you've got a very uh, a very unique and interesting backstory, you know, dealing with addiction, finding ways to cope and manage that. So why don't you take us back, give us an overview on what happened, and l- let's talk about, you know, like how, how low, how bad did things get for you?
1: <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess you could definitely say I had a very low point in my life. I was a uh, partier ever since high school, which – You know, it it ultimately became my greatest demise. I was a gymnast during the week, and I was a party animal on the weekends. But without that established curriculum in high school, my weekend habits turned to my daily habits. So as soon as I graduated, what I was doing on the weekends became what I'm doing every day. Mm -hmm. So living that lifestyle kind of just led me to get introduced to different kinds of drugs and forms of – and form different relationships with each and every one. I mean – like your typical college student, you know i like I like to drink beer, I like to smoke weed, but like the thing is, like at the end of the night when everyone was done and stopped, I didn't have the ability to stop. I wanted to keep going so as soon as I graduated, that kind of spiraled out of a i guess it spiraled out of control. Um, the beer and weed kind of turned into a little bit crazier stuff. you know I started getting into more illegal drugs I, I mean not that. Not that weed is legal, but I started getting into more illicit and more party drugs and more downers and this, this, and that. And basically, I was throwing my life away. But there's, there's a day I'll never forget. It was uh, losing my uncle back in 2011, and my immediate reaction was to numb the pain, uh, to do something so I didn't have to feel. And this is realistically when my life got flipped upside down. I became so reliant on these pills that I was taking that I couldn't function as a normal human being without taking a few in the morning. I couldn't hold a job for the life of me, so I basically resorted to other ways for making money. I stole from people closest to me, I mean my family, my friends. I pawned just about everything I could get my hands on, and all in all, I just became an absolute terrible human being. See, the worst part of it all is I never really understood how bad it got. I, I justified it daily just to feel like okay with what I was doing. You know, I'd been kicked out of my mom's house, kicked out of my dad's house, kicked out of my grandma's house. I was on the verge of becoming homeless. And like I said, the craziest part about all this is I was still fairly sure that this was completely normal. I was convinced that I was a normal 18, 19-year-old kid. And, you know, I was living a lifestyle that's claimed the lives of so many people around me, and I, I didn't even realize what was going on.
0: That, that's a big question that I have is, I mean, clearly now you can speak about it with a, a different kind of perspective. But in the moment, did you realize that this was a problem or did it seem like, eh, you know, maybe this isn't ideal, but I, I, I've got this. I'm capable. I can manage this. It's good.
1: You know, I had the idea that I was a normal college kid just because all college kids like to party, all college, college kids like to drink. And the kids that I were hang, the, the kids that I was hanging around with, they were all into the same stuff, too. So I wasn't the only one in the group doing it. So everyone was into the same stuff. So it seemed completely normal, and I had no idea that it wasn't. I had no idea that, like, the things we were doing were just out of control and just nuts.
0: So you had a very enabling social circle.
1: Absolutely. But, like, the crazy part about it all was is after a couple years of everything with them, they were the first ones to tell me I had a problem just because – they were all doing it except I was doing it I, I was extreme. You know what I mean? We'd go out, they'd be done by two or three in the morning. They'd wake up at six and I'm still up doing my thing. You know, I'm still up doing my thing. I'm still stealing, getting just, just all in all, just doing a lot of ridiculous stuff, just to go and get that high, just to chase the high.
0: Wow. Did you, uh, did you actually run into legal trouble?
1: You know, uh, I did actually a couple times. And, uh, I spent tonight in Cook County jail and, uh, I've been arrested in my hometown as well. But, uh, the beautiful thing about that is, is, uh, I actually last, I think it was about two years ago, I expunged my record, which I mean, thank God for that because right now I'm (laughs) applying for some pretty big time jobs and they do background checks. And I mean, having I never got convicted of a felony, but I had a felony on my record, which was just a charge. Mm-hmm. So going in and getting it expunged, like these companies can't see that. They don't know who I am or what I've been. All they can see is who's in front of them right now. And like who's in front of them right now is really good. But if they saw who I was, they might they might look at me a little different. They might say like, oh, no, that's who you were. We don't want you.
0: Yeah, so, I'd, say, I'd say saying they might look at you differently, might be a little kind. I mean, I think they certainly would.
1: Yeah, so like the legal troubles could have really been my detriment
0: in the future. But I took care of that. Nice. Nice. So what uh what turned things around? I mean, can you recall like a specific moment where like, you know, the proverbial light switch kinda got flipped? Um, how did things turn around? <clears throat> so
1: the big turning point for me was actually uh the day my mom died, I actually a lot of my family members have been alcoholics, hooked on different kinds of drugs, so uh It was the day my mom died, and I'll never forget it. I was uh, still using pills pretty heavily, and I specifically remember sitting in my dad's basement the night she died with about a handful of pills and a pint of vodka, and I I didn't think I could mentally handle having to face reality that at 20 years old my mom was gone. So I took the handful of pills, drank the pint of vodka, and just kind of gave up. I I was pretty sure that that amount would kill me, and the scariest part is I was 100% okay with that. So at the time, I, I... I figured it would just be easier to die than live so that was it for me i specifically remember closing my eyes while laying on the ground and the only thought i had was this is it like this is the end of my life and the most insane part about it all is i was 100 percent fine with it but i i woke up about six hours later and i knew i needed help and uh i went upstairs i called i called my grandma and i said i said i'm ready I was like, I can't do this anymore.
0: Was that Um, a call she was waiting for?
1: You know, it's a call she had made to me probably a hundred (laughs) times. Everyone had made the call trying to get me help a hundred times, but it took till that one experience of me just understanding that this is it. I'm ready to, I'm ready to die. It took that extreme for me to actually figure out like, holy shit, this is not normal. Like I need to do something about this because that may become my reality.
0: And you're speaking about this with, with quite a degree of lucidity. So that, that decision that I'm ready to die decision, do you feel like that was something that you made in the moment with a relatively clean head with a rel- relatively clear head?
1: Hell no. I, I was, <laughs> I did not make that decision with a clear head. I mean, I was, I was emotional. I had a body full of drugs. I had a mind full of hate. I was just in a really, really bad place. And, uh, at at the time, it just seemed like the right thing to do. It was the only way to just shut my mind off, you know. Was, like just. It sounds like a decision that
0: came from a very a very depressed place that was also like chemically induced to some extent.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Understood. Understood.
0: <clears throat> Man, that's uh, that's crazy. I mean, that's that's wild. So to kind of <clears throat> turn turn this back around. Um, into a, a relevant bodybuilding discussion, which I mean, sure, let's come back to that. (laughs) Why not? Um, What role did that and just general, like, you know, a a focus on, on health and fitness, what role did that play in this transition back into, you know, normalcy, I guess we could call.
1: So uh, yeah, I'm going to take it back about four years with you really quick. So uh, I I actually, once I asked for help there, I, I, I woke up in a detox facility down in Florida on uh, August 19th in 2014. And as soon as I got out of there, I moved to this, it was, it was a halfway house. It was basically for a bunch of dudes to live where they can't get high, where they have some responsibilities, but they have some freedom so they can try and get back into the world and just not kind of be a piece of scum anymore. <laughs> so I I actually, I had a couple of roommates there and we went to the beach one day and they took a picture and uh, we got back to my apartment and I looked at the picture, and I looked at myself with a clear head for the first time in six years, and I saw myself, and I was like, is that really how I look right now? Is this so, a picture I've seen you post before? Yeah, it's like a it, before is, it is. Is the before shot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I looked at that, and I was so disgusted. So the next day, I woke up, and uh, I, I looked up gyms, and I walked two miles down the street to the UFIT in Boca Raton. I mean, it's August in Florida. It's South Florida. By the time I got there, my shirt was soaked. I went in, the lady signed me up for a membership. She handed me a free towel. She's like, we usually sell these, but you look like you need it right now. And I was like, <laughs> damn am right. So I went in there. I did like, I did like 10 sit-ups, 10 push-ups jumped from machine to machine, tried to run a mile. And then I left. And, uh, I mean, it was a horrible workout, but like that was the first thing I had done for myself in like six years that actually included any kind of like physical movements. So, you know, going through that, like I started going every day and I started noticing this guy from my building was going to the gym. He was bigger than me, leaner than me. He, he looked like he was in good shape. So we'd go every single day, you know, we'd wake up in the morning, cook breakfast, go to the gym, leave the gym, cook some chicken breast, cook some veggies. And we did that probably for about three or four months. And what it did for me is it, it mentally gave me something to work toward. And every day I would research different workouts and read tons of articles on how to build muscle, how to lose fat, and the mental obsession that I had for drugs that I held on to for so long quickly turned positive into me thinking about different ways to lose fat and to build my physique into something I could be proud of. So it ultimately, at first, bodybuilding gave me that outlet I've needed my entire life because going into the gym for an hour and a half is an a, a time where I can mentally shut off and it's almost like therapy to me. I, I, I hate to say, but I need it every day. It's It's kind of odd to say that but like I need it every day. And when I'm not in the gym, you know, I keep myself in check regarding what macros, what micros I'm putting into my body when, I mean, it's, it's a complete lifestyle change and I'm grateful for it.
0: Would you say that you have, uh, and I, I guess going back a while, have had an addictive personality and this is by far a much more productive way for you to channel it?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, this is, I, have I've definitely had to come to terms with it that, that, getting myself in shape has been a very addictive thing, but I do realize at the same point that I'm not going to take it too far. You know what I mean? I can't last in the gym more than an hour and a half every day. If I'm actually pushing really hard. I mean, the worst that it's going to do for me, I mean, I'll wake up tomorrow and look really good. So like that's, that's as low as it could really get for becoming addicted to the gym. But I guess to answer your question, definitely.
0: Yeah, I guess there are practical limits on this. Um, You you can, you know, if if you're an alcoholic, you can drink most of the day. But if you're a a gymaholic, all you can really do is put in some quality work for a stretch and then go read some T Nation articles or something, I guess. Yeah, let
1: let me see you squat. 3.15 3.15 in the morning and then again at night. We'll, we'll see how that goes.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's funny that you mentioned that about, I mean, so early on in this journey for you, um, you were just like this sponge trying to absorb knowledge and read because you are one of the people that I've worked with who will always like, Hey, I was reading this. What's your take on this? And I'm like, man, does this guy (laughs) just read stuff all the time? What? I mean, most people don't come up with me with those questions. So I always appreciated that. I'm like, this is a dude who's really invested in this. And he like, you know, it means something more to him than just like, Hey, I'm going to get in shape.
1: You know, man, I I have to say that bodybuilding saved my life. And to not keep feeding that fire would just be detrimental to me. Like, I, I feel like The only way to keep going with this lifestyle that I have is to keep intaking knowledge and like have that student mentality. Every time I go into the gym, every time I read something new, there's always more that I can learn. You know what I mean? As soon as I think I've got it figured all out is probably going to be the end for me because I guarantee no matter how much I learn about this sport or about the human body, like there's always going to be something more.
0: Absolutely. Well, I can tell you, I've been doing this for like 20 years and I don't have it all figured out yet. So, um, I think you've got a good future ahead of you in that regard.
1: You know, I, I sure hope so, man. As, as long as I keep learning every single day, I think it's going to be amazing.
0: Yeah. So over the course of this journey, then you're going to the gym, you're learning more, you're getting in better shape, you're seeing things kind of take form and you're like, Oh, all right, This is pretty cool. So what then made you decide to then take the plunge and do a show?
1: So, uh, moving toward doing a show was something I dreamed about when I first started working out because I would follow all these Instagram famous fitness models out there and I would see them post pictures of, Oh, six weeks out, eight weeks out, this, this, and that, or I would see them post pictures on stage. And I had this idea that if I could ever get myself into that position where I could do it, that would be my ultimate goal. So just like every other bodybuilder, we've got that first mountain in front of us that we're going to climb and we're going to get to the top and that's going to be it. Right. So I did it. You know, I, I climbed that first mountain and I got to the top. And the funny part is, is there's a bigger one behind it
0: as always. You couldn't see it until you got to the top of the first one though.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was really what made me do a show is I saw these other people doing it and I figured if I could get myself into shape and look like that, then like that's all I could ever want. You know what I mean? That would be like ultimate, like, happiness for me but I mean truly your body image does not dictate your happiness at all whoever tells you that is lying to you so if anyone ever tells you that the way you look is going to dictate how you feel tell them they're full of shit
0: it's kind of the same thing like however much money you make like oh if I could only make this much I'd be happy and no you're you're looking in the wrong places there
1: (laughs) exactly so yeah that's that's the ultimate decision that's that's where that's why I ended up where I ended up
0: um so you you had alluded before talking about flexible dieting and how like you know you you could kind of push yourself through a workout that you didn't really want to go do just knowing that, okay, well, I've got this coming up after it. So that gives us a little bit of insight into the next question. So tell me a little bit about what the prep for this show that you did last year, what that was like, like, what did you expect going into it? Was it different from that? How, how difficult, how challenging did it get? How stretched did you feel at the peak of that?
1: Oh yeah. So, uh, It was nothing like I expected it to be because all of my information about prep came from Instagram. So everything anyone tells you about the fake smiles they have going on two or three or six or eight weeks out, they're lying to you because I thought it was going to be just fantastic the whole way. Yeah, I'm going to get shredded. I'm going to feel really good. I'm going to be really happy. But the reality of it is, All right well let's let's say you have to go to school you have a job you have this or that to do which I had both so I'd wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. to do cardio before either work or class I, I I was in I was in prep during one of the hardest summer classes of my life which required almost about 40 hours of studying every week on top of work so every day I'd get up and go to go do cardio go to class or work come home and lift and then study until I went to bed And there were times when I was so physically drained after getting home from the gym that I would sit in my car for 20 minutes because I didn't have it in me to get up and walk inside. So (laughs) it it also took its toll on me mentally at times where I was pretty sure I was going to quit. Like, I I think I emailed you like two times and I was like, Darren, we need to move this show up two weeks. Like I'm not going to last. And, (laughs) and it was just because, you know, I was, my output was so high and my input. It wasn't really that, that little, but, like, my output and my input were so off balance yeah. that my body was in shock. Like, I had never been at a body fat level that low, so it was affecting me physically, mentally. I was just struggling all around, but, like, the thing about it is I committed, so I was going to do it.
0: And the great thing is also it's it's a it's a testament to, you know, I think – people generally, but also you specifically, that, you know, we are resilient creatures because you can push yourself through that, and then the show comes and goes. You kind of get a a renewed charge from having accomplished this goal that you set out, but then you're able to kind of keep things together on the other side of it and not put on 20 pounds within a week, and, you know, that fire to get back into the workouts was there again because then you're like, okay, now I can see what happened. I can see what I need to work on, so let's get to work and let's do it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so like, I, I guess after, <clears throat> after going through your first prep, you think it's, you think it's absolutely horrible. Just during it, you think it's like the worst thing in the world. And after it uh, you kind of take a realistic look at how it is and you see areas that you could have pushed harder. You know what I mean? You see areas where, yeah, I could have got a little leaner there. It wasn't that bad. You know, it's only 16 weeks. Some people do 12, some people do more, but like you can look at it from a realistic point. Afterward, and then take the information you've got there and apply it to the next one. If you choose to do that. I mean, I know last year I said, I was not going to do another show. (laughs) I I said I was for sure done with it, but I I think I said that right after prep when I was depleted and I, all I wanted to do was eat peanut butter and ice cream. So after I got a little bit of stability back into my mind, I, I realized that like, okay, well I could have pushed harder here. I could have been bigger there. I could have been leaner there. So I see a lot of areas that I could have done a lot better in. So you you realize that 16 weeks really isn't that long. If you can push yourself for 16 weeks, like you can do anything.
0: Yeah, and I I tell people, you know, once you kind of get into this, you know, you you enjoy working out. You've kind of you're familiar with the structure of dieting, so you know, 16 weeks, that that time is going to pass regardless of what you're doing. So why not, you know, invest a little bit more effort and see what you can do and see what you can accomplish, whether it's towards a show or not. But um, for the people that, you know, they, they enjoy the nuts and bolts of a lot of what this is about, like being physically active and, you know, maintaining a, a reasonable body composition, you know, uh, the, the time will pass regardless of how you spend mm-hmm. it. So why not pick your spots and try to push for a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And the thing is, Whatever you really want is still going to be there 16 weeks after it, eight weeks after it, whatever you plan on doing.
0: Yeah, Oreos aren't really, going away.
1: Oreos are not going out of style. They're not leaving Jewel. They're not leaving Kroger. <laughs> but the ice cream place down the street is not going to close down. Whatever you want is still going to be there. So no matter how bad you want it right now, if you can just like understand that, okay, I committed to do this, and for the next X amount of weeks, I'm going to get it done, and as soon as it's done, that's what I want waiting for me it at least gives you something to look forward to. You could say, all right, I have two and a half weeks left until I can eat this box of Oreos, or I have two and a half weeks left until I hit this final goal. So like you can at least like put it in your head that there's a countdown and realize every day you get a little bit closer, you just need to push a little bit harder and it'll make that whatever you're waiting for afterward, just that much better.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, when last uh, when we last had a conversation about this, you were looking towards classic physique for for an upcoming show at some point. What what are your current thoughts on that? Have you started looking at schedules at all, or are you kind of happy with the phase that you're in right now and pushing through classwork?
1: Uh, honestly, I, I do want to move up to classic physique. I uh, I've put on like twenty pounds in the past year and. My legs have just blown out of blown out of control to where they were last year. I mean, I, I had chicken legs last That's year. That's a good
0: problem to have. But, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it's a great problem to have, honestly. But, like, I it took me about, like, five months till after the show to realize that I wanted to do another one just because, like, I, I looked at it for what it was, and it was a process to grow in, and it was a process to get better during. So I decided, all right, well, I'm going to want to do it again. But I don't like the board shorts. I'm working my ass off on my legs, literally legs twice a week, every week, sometimes more.
0: Got to show those. Why would I not,
1: yeah. Why would I not want to show them off? So like my whole idea behind it is yes, I'm going to do one, but it's going to happen when I'm ready. I don't want to step up there and be completely undersized to all these guys out there. Cause there's some pretty big dudes in classic physique. Like there are some oh, pretty yeah. big boys. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm like 180 pounds right now. So like, yeah, that sounds kind of heavy, but like realistically, like if I cut down, 171, 169, like there's that's, I'm gonna look like a kid.
0: <laughs> nobody wants that. No, nobody wants to be the tallest guy in yeah. the class either.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, unless you're the most shredded or most most peeled, but whatever. But you know what I mean. I, I'll be there when I'm ready. So like next year, the year after, the year after that, one of those three. It's all depending on, first of all where I'm at in school. If, if I have grad school starting after that, this, this or that, but most importantly, like, did I get big enough? Did I gain enough size? And Am I mentally ready for it?
0: And that is a a mindset that I would love. I mean, if you can figure out how to bottle that, I will work with you on distribution (laughs) and we can sell that and split the profits that, that patience. There you go. There you go. That, that patience I think is something that I don't see enough of that Um, just because What I want to tell people is, you know, regardless of what your goals are with competing, that those shows are always going to be around. So, I mean, it kind of depends on what you want to get out of it. And I've talked about this on this podcast many times, you know, what do you expect to get out of competing? But if you want to be competitive, take the time to not compete and put in some work and grow so that then when you get up there, you can put your best foot forward and be competitive.
1: You know, I I wish I knew this a year ago because I was definitely undersized last year. But the thing is, I I, I mentally had to do it. But for anyone that's actually listening to this podcast and thinking about doing it, there's no rush. The NPC isn't going anywhere. The IFBB isn't going anywhere. All these organizations are not going anywhere. So if you want to do it, make sure you're ready first. Because if you jump and do it not prepared, you might have to cut food really low and you might really have to suffer to get there. And it might really suck. You know, you might actually get there at the end result and realize like, oh, shit, this is not what I wanted to do.
0: And ultimately, also, you might just find out that you're not ready and you can't actually make it to the show date.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, going in fully prepared is, like, it, it, it's it's important. You know what I mean? Having a proper off-season before going into prep is probably ten times more important than
0: prep itself. I would agree completely. Absolutely. Wise yeah. words. So there you go, people. That Not from my mouth, but somebody else. <laughs> so there you go. Now now you, can, now you can believe clients. it yeah i've, I've been cor- corroborated now so um <laughs> last last question um well not really a question so much as any parting thoughts for people listening out there any any significant take home points or anything that you wanted to uh to pass along to uh to listeners out there
1: i mean anyone that's listening if you want it go get it i mean you are capable of so much more than you believe i mean look at me i, I was pretty much homeless about four and a half years ago I had nothing I mean I, I sold everything I had and all I had was a desire to get better and I mean I'm, I'm finishing up my undergraduate I'm gonna be applying for grad school so if, if this idiot can do it you can do it you know what I mean if you want to do a show go do a show if you want to go to graduate school go to graduate school if you want to move across the country go do it I, I just want anyone out there to understand that like whatever you want in life you're capable of doing and the only person that's going to make that happen is you.
0: Those are very wise words. I appreciate that. And I concur wholeheartedly as well.
1: Yeah, whatever we want, man, we can get it as long as we're willing to work.
0: I love it. I love it. Dean, um, you know, I said I said at the start of this, it might be about 30 minutes. It was about, you know, 40-ish or so. But I'm good with that because I think it was very quality stuff. I appreciate you taking the time to do this today.
1: All right. I appreciate you having me on, Darren. I really do. Absolutely. I, I enjoyed it.
0: Well, maybe once we get a couple more months of uh, off-season under, under your belt, we'll uh, get you back for an update.
1: <laughs> I'll send those pictures over as soon as we hang up. I think you'll be pleased.
0: <laughs> awesome. I'll be looking forward to them. Dean, thank you very much. Uh, all the best with current classwork and everything else you're working on right now.
1: I appreciate it, Darren. You have a great rest of your day, brother. You too. Take care, man. Bye-bye.
0: Time to wrap it up. Closing Thoughts. And there you have it interview uh number one on the drop set is in the books uh so thanks to dean i appreciate that that was fantastic stuff i uh i don't know at at some point i just kind of forgot i was interviewing it was just like having a conversation which is nice and i think that's kind of what it should be realistically so um and just to follow up on that uh he did uh text me over a couple of progress picks and yeah he's looking pretty sharp (laughs) sharper than when we uh when we left things off a month ago so um there are some people where I feel like you know what you're you're good and if we're I think it, it's difficult um, to continue to push in an off season if you're trying to grow I mean you know whenever you're trying to, to graduate up a division go from like men's physique to classic physique you're gonna it's gonna require you to put on some size you're gonna have to get a little bit softer than you want and so to continue pushing in that direction while still keeping things reasonable and having somebody looking over your shoulder and saying eh, we're getting a little bit softer than is necessarily productive here why don't we you know do like a little bit of a, a, a reset for, for a week just to, you know, help, help manage some things, you know, get just a tiny little bit of detail back, give your body a chance to stop processing so much food for a little bit and then, and then keep going. But having somebody, on your side to manage that is, is, um, helpful. I think for what Dean's trying to do right now and just, you know, do a little bit of a cut here, just, you know, we're going on vacation, we're taking a trip. So, you know, not pre contest, but Hey, let's just chill out a little bit, which basically means stop eating like a maniac, do a little bit more cardio, restrict your macros a little bit. And that's all there is to it. So I think that's something that, uh, clearly he's had some success with it. So I think a lot of people are, are good with that. It's just, you know, the longer term cuts or the more ambitious goals. I think having some guidance in, in planning and accountability can be a, Big help. So, anyway, that's it. No, uh, no uh, parting words of wisdom here. That was it. So, um, I will leave you to it. We've gone way over time here, but uh, I'm cool with it. Uh, I don't know how you all feel about that. So, if you, I mean, well, I did get some feedback actually that somebody prefers shorter episodes, um, like closer to the 30 minute range, which. Uh, I don't know if I've ever put one out that was 30 minutes long. Typically, they're about 45 to 50. This one's clocking in about an hour five right now. But uh, if anybody feels strongly one way or the other, um, shoot me a quick note. Other than that, let's just touch base on social media. Reach out to me. Any questions that you've got on anything, fire away. You can email me directly, Darren, at 5starfitness.com. Find me on, let's see, Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook. Just search Five Star Physique, all one word. You'll find me there. Um, Twitter is at Darren Star. Instagram is at Darren underscore star. And the website, FiveStarPhysique.com. Don't forget to go vote in the poll. I need to hear your feedback on this BCAA stuff. So let me know what you're thinking there. Otherwise, I just hope everybody has a fantastic week, and I'll check in with you all a week from today.